0: Let's go on to God's word this morning, shall we turn our Bibles to uh, Ezra in chapter 1 and verses 1 to 8, Ezra chapter 1 verses 1 to 8. In the first year of Cyrus king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, uh, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus king of Persia to make a proclamation throughout his realm and to put it in writing. This is what Cyrus king of Persia says. The Lord, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any one of his people among you may his God be with him and uh, let him go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem and the people. Of any place where survivors may now be living, are to provide him with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will of offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. All their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock and with valuable gifts in addition to all the freewill offerings. Moreover, King Cyrus brought out the articles belonging to the temple of the Lord which Nebuchadnezzar had carried away from Jerusalem and had placed in the temple of his God. Cyrus, king of Persia, had them brought by Mithradath, the treasurer, who counted them out of Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. This is an amazing beginning of this uh, uh, book of Ezra, where it begins with such a dramatic sequence of events. Suddenly, out of the blue, there comes a uh, amazing, good uh, beginning, a new beginning, uh, with Cyrus, king of Persia, initiating, uh, you know, this plan of. Uh, you Know releasing the people of Israel from captivity, sending them back, and uh, also willing to re begin uh, the worship and the temple of the God of Israel by rebuilding the building, the temple that was broken. Nebuchadnezzar had carried them, uh, you know, as an exile. Now, all the articles that were in the temple, the silver, the gold, the precious things, the things that were used for worship, everything was carried away. The people were carried away. Um, only the poorest of the poor was left behind and uh, the predicament of the people was really bad. You know, it's uh, a really a devastating thing for anyone to be asked to uh, leave their hometown, leave their house, leave their home and flee to be uh, taken by force to a foreign land it is one thing to go uh, by choice to work or to study or to move uh, from one city to another one country to another it's one thing to do it by choice but it is totally another thing uh, to be forcibly evicted and uh, to see the you know native place the place where they grew up the place where they lived the place that was that was so much part of their lives uh, completely destroyed. Uh, I realized the gravity and the uh, uh, intensity and the pain of such displacement very recently last week, when I was in another country, where the people were uh, forced to leave because the nuclear power plant, uh, you know, uh, was destroyed uh, when the tsunami hit. It's in a place called Fukushima. A very popular place that you would have read about in the headlines, um, you know, in the nation of Japan. And to first hand hear the stories of these people who h- had to leave and flee in just a few minutes. Now, we visited uh, those places where they left and uh, the places where there's still the radioactive uh, material is there, and uh, but it's come down, the intensity has come down. And when we saw and met and heard the stories and the painful stories of some people um, who had just left as they were, as they were sitting on the table eating, half-eaten banana, (laughs) you know, left and rotten, you know, unwashed vessels in the kitchen. Everything is just thrown, clothes thrown everywhere. Whatever they could grab, they just grabbed it put them in a box and threw them into the vehicle and ran for their lives because the uh, nuclear power plant had, uh, you know, been destroyed. And uh, for a couple of days to hear the stories of these people was really heartbreaking. How they, uh, and we were able to go back to those places and see them, but the government does not permit them for them to live there anymore. Because if they are exposed to those radiations uh, beyond a certain level and for long duration of time, uh, they say that it will affect them uh, very much. But the intensity has come down greatly and so people are able to uh, visit and if they need something very important, they can carry but they are all under scrutiny and they are checked uh, when they leave that area. Huge houses, buildings, homes, churches. Uh, One of the pastors uh, we uh, were with uh, had built four churches and the last one he built, just one year before this devastation, was built with uh, a plan that it will last for a 100 years. And they got to only sit there for one year and use that facility only for a year and they had to leave everything. And he was crying. And the man who drove us in his vehicle... He took us to his house and he showed us, this is my house, but he, they can't enter inside. They can only see. Um, very, very painful, very heartbreaking, really heartbreaking. They say, oh, this place used to be filled with cherry trees and we would have cherries fallen all over the streets. You know." And this is the place where our children grew up. This is the park where we would all come and sit out in the evenings. And this is the place where our children would play. Uh, This is the place where we would walk around. This is the place where we had people come and see us. This is the church where we worshipped. We went into one of those churches and and where we could, um, you know, meet with the families there in that region uh, who are now evicted, but we could, uh, you know, they don't live there anymore. To hear uh, and to see is heartbreaking. And just consider what would have been the state of mind when they had to leave those places and run away. Just imagine if you have to leave everything right now and flee to another city. And no clothing, no food, no hope for the future, no money, valuables are left behind. No security. In many places, robbers were attacking and, and stealing away things. You think that such things happen only in India. <laughs> but this is the state of the people of Israel. They had left homes. They have left their loved ones. They have been torn apart. Many died on the way. And even while these people were all leaving and in uh, You know, groups of people had to leave and flee and the government said, run to the mountains, flee to the mountains. And they fled and it was very cold, snowing. And they had no place to live. They had to pitch tents and live. You know, whatever aid they got, they had to survive with that. There were no blankets for the cold. There there was no drinking water. There was no uh, toilet facilities. In the absence of all you know, uh, necessities of life. We're not talking about luxuries. We're talking about dire, deep, you know, basic necessities of life. Everything is lost. And here there are people fleeing for their lives. In the, in, the And the pastor said, as they were going together, you know, just like Moses and the people of Israel from place to place, camp to camp, trying to find where they can, you know, find some better condition. And each day they had to even just, they had to just think of, How can they find a meal, the next meal? Literally, they had to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And that was the condition of the people. And that's exactly the people of Israel also, you know, were displaced by force. And now they are in a foreign land and everybody speaks a foreign language. And there's a foreign culture. And there's a foreign king and there are rules and regulations. And everything they had to learn from scratch. They had to live Somehow they had to survive, somehow it was difficult. The people of that land would have hated them. You know, oh, all of you, you know, you who are uh, foreigners who have come in our midst and you are taking our jobs, you are taking, you know, our incomes away. People would have hated them. Just imagine, think of the practical difficulties that they would have faced day in and day out. How much of suffering, how much of pain. And the pastor who uh, talked to us about, you know, how he led a group of people, about 60, 70 of them, his church people and some of them who were not part of his church also joined the group because there was some kind of, you know, warmth and love there. He buried several people along the way because they could not endure the cold, they could not endure this hardship, this traumatic experience. It was also a huge trauma to leave everything and the government said you can never go back again to your house. And so many people died along the way. But the good stories that happened in the middle of the bad stories was that many people who came to know Christ and they baptized about nine people Hallelujah. And so that's uh, a very difficult phase that people went through. And the same was with the people of Israel as well. But here now, as the Lord had spoken to Jeremiah the prophet, 70 years have passed by and God is faithful. Hallelujah. God remembers his word. And the Bible says in verse number one, in the first year, Of Cyrus king of Persia. As soon as he assumed office. We are reading from Ezra chapter 1. And in verse 1 we see. In the first year of Cyrus king of Persia. In order to fulfill the word of the Lord. Spoken by Jeremiah. The Lord moved the heart of Cyrus king of Persia. To make a proclamation. The Lord moves the hearts of kings also. Hallelujah. There is no one whose heart cannot be moved. (laughs) Amen. How uh, hardened the heart might be. How uh, difficult the person might look like. How impossible the person might seem to be. You say, oh, even God can't change him. Have you heard people say that? Oh, even God can't change them. Who said so? That's a lie of the devil. God can change people. Because nobody can resist God. Amen. Here is a pagan king, here is a king of Persia who's coming. And he's saying, according to the word that was, you know, promised by God, you know, in fulfillment of God's prophecy, he says, I'm going to release the people of Israel. God had moved the heart of the king, the king of Persia, Cyrus, and he makes a proclamation saying, The Lord the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem, at Judah. What an amazing miracle. Just imagine if our prime minister says, I'm going to start building churches in every city in this nation. Amen. I'm sure we will all be dancing. (laughs) That, That was a kind of a miracle that happened. A pagan king says, The God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Now I purpose in my heart to build a temple for him in Jerusalem. Now these are people who have been taken captive. And uh, you know, if they stay, they will be there as laborers, as workers. They will be benefiting the economy of the land. Who would want to let go of them? Here is a king who says, I'm going to do this. He speaks like a priest. He speaks like a prophet. He speaks like a man of God. He speaks like he's been called by God. Yes, God has called him. God can call anyone. God spoke even through the donkey to the prophet. (laughs) Hallelujah. God can use even a pagan king. Now God has moved his heart. And not only his heart, also in verse 5, the family heads of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and Levites, everyone whose heart God had moved, prepared to go up and build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. God had moved many hearts as well. The hearts of the family heads of Judah and Benjamin, priests and Levites. God has been working in their hearts. 70 long years have passed by, but God has not stopped working. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It seemed to be like a long period of silence, but God has not stopped working. He moves right on time. God is time. And so this morning, to title this morning's message, it is God moves hearts. God moves hearts. We got to believe that God will move people's hearts. God will move our hearts. God will be, move the hearts of the people around us. It might be in your workplace, it might be in your school, it might be in your college, it might be in your neighborhood, it might be a relative, it might be a friend, it might be a partner in business. It might be a client, it might be a superior, it might be a subordinate, it might be a you know, co-employee, a co-worker. God is able to move their hearts. And so three things I find here. When God moves the hearts of people, it means the fulfillment of his promises, his purposes. When God moves hearts of people, it means the favor of God and the favor of man you begin to see that. When God moves the hearts of people, it means uh, flourishing again. You start flourishing in a new way. God moved the heart of the king. God moved the heart of the elders or the people of Judah. God moved the heart of the priests and the Levites. Firstly, it, when God is moving the hearts of people, you begin to see the fulfillment of God's purpose, God's promises. What was prophesied begins to be fulfilled. And only God can do that. Only God can do that there are things that we cannot do the are things that only God can do to change the heart of a pagan king is nothing but only the act of God hallelujah And so we got to trust God is there anyone this morning who is ready to believe that God is going to move somebody's heart amen hallelujah someone known to you someone whose heart you are unable to move someone whose mind you are unable to change someone whom you cannot convince God is able to move their heart. God is faithful to show his love even to a thousand generations, the Bible says. Yes, 70 years have passed by, but God did not forget his promises. God did not forget and put away his plan. Whatever God predetermines, he executes them on time. When God is at work, he moves a heart, even of a heathen king. When God is at work, he opens up unexpected ways. When God is at work, no man can thwart his plan." When God is at work, it does not mean that the enemy will not oppose. There was opposition, but yet God fulfilled his purpose. God was at work, but yet he handed them over to the pagan king. God was at work, but yet he allowed a time of suffering. God is at work in moving the pagan king's heart as well. Hallelujah. When God is at work, it does not mean that we will not face challenges at all. But yet in the midst of challenges, God will work. He will move people's hearts. You know, the people uh, of Israel, the elders of Israel came back according to the uh, command of Cyrus, king of Persia, and they began to rebuild the temple. And when they began to rebuild the temple, there were some others who saw, and they wanted to somehow stop it. Opposition comes israel chapter 4 and verses 1 to 5 you read about that when the enemies of judah and benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding a temple for the lord the god of israel they came to zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said let us help you build because like you we seek your god and have been sacrificing to him since the time of Eshuradon, king of Assyria, who brought us here oh they seem to sound like they're coming to help oh we are also sacrificing to your god we would like to come and help you build your temple Oh, if we were there, probably we would have said, wow, this is amazing favor of God. Let's have them. But you know what these people, they discerned it rightly. They said, but Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, you have no part with us in building a temple to our God. Why? Because these are Assyrians. You have no part with us. They said clearly, we alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. And verse 4, then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They hired counselors to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus king of Persia and down to the reign of Darius king of Persia. Until the future king came, for a long period of time, the people of Assyria came and discouraged the people of Israel who were building the temple of God. You see, Sometimes we wonder, oh, we think God is at work and then we wonder, what is this happening? There's so much of discouragement. There's so much of disappointments. There's so many kinds of, uh, you know, things that people are saying and that is disheartening us. And sometimes we wonder, is God really at work? Did God really want me to do this? We begin to wonder and question God's will, God's plan. Did I take the right decision by coming here? Did I do the right? Am I doing the right thing? Is this God's will in my life? Maybe did I make a mistake? If God only led us here, then where is God now? We begin to ask many questions. But in the middle of that, all of that, God is still at work. Because God had moved the heart of the king. God had moved the heart of the elders. But even though opposition came, these men did not give up. They continued to work. If you read in verse 23, in 24 as soon as a copy of the letter of king at was read to Rehum and shimshai the secretary and the associates they went immediately to the jews in jerusalem and compelled them to by force to stop that's the work on the house of god in jerusalem came to a standstill until the second year of the reign of darius king of persia it looked like it's all over it's all done nothing's going to work it's not going to move one thing you see here in chapter 5 verses 1 and 2. Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet. A descendant of Edo the prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Even when the work was stopped, the prophecies didn't stop. Them. Somebody say an amen. Hallelujah. Even when people rose up against them and opposed them and discouraged them, the word of the Lord kept coming to them. That's the most important thing. That's what we need in times of crisis. In times of need, in times of discouragement, we need a word from God. When God speaks to us, He continues to keep stirring our hearts. We continue to be encouraged. We continue to be strengthened. We continue to walk forward. We continue to gain strength. Even in the midst of opposition, even in the midst of failures, even in the midst where of work being stopped, but the prophecy kept coming. The Holy Spirit never stops working. Men may try to stop us, but the spirit of God can never be stopped. Who can stop a prophecy? (laughs) Hallelujah. They can stop the building of a building, but who can stop a prophecy? Who can stop the word of the Lord? Who can stop the plan of God? Who can stop God at work? The Holy Spirit continues to work even in the middle of this opposition. Even if the work comes to a standstill, God does not stop. No one can stop God. We need such prophets who will stand and prophesy in the time of opposition. We need some men and women of God who will continue to hear from God in the middle of adversity and needs. And bring true encouragement to one another. Thereby we begin to see the miracle power of God. There's a great courage and strength when you hear God. There's clarity about what you must do when you hear God. Spiritual leaders will rise up. And hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and begin to speak the words of the Spirit of the Lord and begin to stir the hearts of other people in the midst of great opposition, great danger, great discouragement, men and women of God, leaders will rise up. Hallelujah. Spiritual leadership begins to be formed, begins to be activated, begins to function in the midst of such times. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, God has called you and I for such a time as this in the middle of all kinds of needs, in the middle of all kinds of discouragements, in the middle of all kinds of opposition that you see in the world outside. The world outside is not a very conducive, you know, smooth, happy environment for us to live. You find, you know, you open the newspaper, you have only bad news. You watch news, you only have bad news. There's so much of threat. There's so much of, you know, desperation in the lives of people. These are times where we need people of God, spiritual leaders who will rise up and bring forth the word of hope, bring forth the word of encouragement into the hearts and lives of people. Hallelujah. God is still at work, even in the middle of all kinds of opposition. The government can oppose the church of God. You know, the leaders, the rulers of the land can oppose the church of God. They can break down buildings, but the Holy Spirit can never be stopped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Furniture can be broken down. Instruments, music instruments can be broken down. Oh, people can be beaten up. You know, blood can be shed, but the work of the Holy Spirit will continue to move on. Hallelujah. No one can stop the work of the Holy Spirit. What is the kind of opposition that you face? What is the kind of need that you challenge that you face? Who is trying to oppose you and stop you? Trying to you know, meddle around in your life and bring discouragement. And you say, I am going about my own work. I have nothing to do with them. But for no rhyme or reason, they come and cross paths with me and trouble me. And they are troublemakers. But I want you to know that there is a word that God will give to you in the middle of all those times. Hallelujah. And when you begin to, you know, speak the word of God, there is strength, there is courage, there is clarity. Amen. I you begin to rise up above these problems and these challenges. It was not just the moving of the king's heart and, and the granting of the favor, you know, but also the priests, the elders of Israel, they all needed a stirring of their hearts to see the fulfillment of the plan of God. There there were men of God who rose up, who prophesied to the elders, who prophesied to the priests, the Levites. There were these prophets who were prophesying. Hallelujah. That was drawing them. That was moving their hearts. God is moving them again into action. Again into action. You know, in the middle of all of this, in chapter 5 and verse 5, you see, um, uh, you know, after, sorry, in verse uh, 3, at that time, Tatenai, governor of Trans-Euphrates and Shetar Bozani and their associates went to them and asked, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked, what are the names of the men constructing this building? But the eye of the Lord, by uh, but the eye of their God was watching over the elders of the Jews and they were not stopped until a report could go to Darius and his written reply be received. You see, they had again rebuilt restarted the work again and when they had restarted the work again again people came and questioned them but they continue to progress in their reconstruction because of the word of prophecy that came and encouraged them hallelujah god will move you into action even in the midst of great hostility discouragement opposition accusations threat intimidation all of these were there for these people. These people faced everything that was an hostile environment. They faced discouragements. They faced opposition. They faced accusations. They even note down the names of those who are involved in the rebuilding, which is an act of intimidation, right? It it will put fear in in the lives of people, in the hearts of people, because what are they going to do? Who are they going to send the names to? What action will they take? It intimidates them, but none of them None of that could stop them because they were moved by the Holy Spirit. We need to defy the old order and move forward boldly when the Lord stirs our heart. The old order is an order of discouragement, is an order of intimidation, an order of giving in to all of those things. The work was stopped, but now they said, oh, the Lord has stirred our hearts. We are not going to stop work. The old system, the old culture of of giving in to fear, intimidation and discouragement should be stopped. We need to get over them by hearing a word from God. Hallelujah. Amen. God moved the heart of the king. But even though God moved the heart of the king and that resulted in the beginning of the fulfillment of the prophecy, opposition came. But even when opposition came, the Holy Spirit continued to speak. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord continued to stir. The Spirit of the Lord continued to work in their hearts. When the Spirit of the Lord stirs you know your heart and moves your heart, you will again start building your life again. Hallelujah. You will not allow yourself to be broken down. Don't let the devil break down your life and don't let yourself be you know left in broken pieces put them back together let hear a word from the lord and rebuild your life once again amen praise the lord hallelujah it's time that we overcome the barriers it's time we overcome the hindrances it's time we overcome all the challenges it's time we rise up and hear a word from the lord and start building our lives once again Hallelujah. In whatever way the enemy may try to break you down, don't let the enemy steal away your joy, your peace, your blessing, your deliverance, your miracle. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Quickly, number two, when the Lord moves the hearts of people, we find favor with God. And when we have found favor with God, we find favor with man. In Ezra chapter uh, 7, you know, let's come back to chapter 1 first and then go to 7. Chapter 1, let's read verse 1 once again. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus. You see, God is favorable to his people. God is showing favor to his people. While he's showing favor to people, he shows it through men. He picks up a man. The people of Israel are now finding favor in the eyes of king of Persia, Cyrus. When God is moving people's heart. You find favor with God, you find favor with man. The favor of God will always result in finding favor with man. You can never have favor with man without finding favor with God. The people of Israel find favor. This is an amazing favor. The king takes complete ownership of the building and encourages others also to get involved. If you see in the same passage in chapter 1, Cyrus king of Persia says, the Lord, the God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Well, he senses a call by God to do this. Isn't it incredible that a pagan king will sense a calling to to build the temple of God? And then not only that, he doesn't stop with that. Verse 3, any one of his people among you, may his God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem. He's also inviting people to join the rebuilding. And the people of any place where survivors may now be living are to provide with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, free freewill offering offerings. He's calling for people to join, to come alongside and help in this rebuilding. That is real favor with men. Not only he saying that I am going to do this, he's also inviting others to join. He takes complete ownership and encourages others to be involved. Ezra finds favor in the eyes of king Artaxerxes. If you come down to chapter 7, after these things, verse 1 to 10, during the reign of Artaxerxes, king of Persia, Ezra son of Saraiah, the son of Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Shalom, son of Zodak, Zadok and the son of Ahitub, the son of Amariah, the son of Azariah, the son of Merioth and the son of Zeriah, the son of Uzi, the son of Buki, the son of Abishua, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron. Who is Ezra? A descendant of? Aaron, the priest. Who is Aaron? The high priest. Whose brother? Moses' brother. You got the connection now. This is not a family tree, this is a family forest. (laughs) Some of us need to put down a family forest to figure out you know how we are connected to one another. And then you find here this Ezra came up from Babylon, verse 6. He was a teacher well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord the God of Israel had given. Ezra was a priest, a man who was faithful to God, who was well versed in the scriptures. And he was not only a man who knew the scriptures, well, he was also a teacher. And the king had granted him everything he asked for the hand of the Lord, his God, was on him. You see that favor with God, favor with men. The hand of his God was upon him and the king granted whatever he asked. Can you ever find any, at any place where someone will just give away whatever you ask? Isn't it an incredible miracle? Can you just ask for anything and people will just give and keep supplying? Can that happen at any place? Nothing works in this world without money. Unless you pay for it, you can't even move a stone. (laughs) You can't do anything. You can't get anything done without paying money for it. But here this man gets everything free. Whatever he asked, he got it. That was the favor of God. Hallelujah. When God moves the hearts of people, you will find favor. They will become favorable towards us. It's because the gracious hand of God was upon him. Why was the gracious hand of God upon him? It didn't just come, it didn't happen automatically. It was eight Israel arrived in Jerusalem in the fifth month of the seventh year of the king. Verse nine, he had begun his journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month and he arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month for the gracious hand of his God was upon him. For, the word for is an important word. The gracious hand of God was upon him. For Israel had devoted himself to the study. Everybody say study. Observance, say observance. And uh, teaching, teaching. Amen. Three things he did. What all did he do? Study, observe, teach. Tell your neighbor. Study, observe, teach. No, you instruct them. You are not telling it for yourself. You instruct them. Study, observe, teach. Show your hand and tell them. Like a good school teacher. Amen. When you study God's word and begin to live by his word and begin to teach others, there's no doubt the gracious hand of God will certainly be upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The hand of God cannot but be on you if you're a person of the word of God. If you love his word, if you read his word, if you're meditating on his word, if you follow his word, if you want to live by his word, and you're careful not to do anything that would displease him and is contradictory to his word, you're truthful in your heart to his word. And you want to impart his word to others. You cannot but see the hand of God upon you. The favor of God will certainly be upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus was in the temple. As a 12-year-old, and the Bible goes on to say in Luke 2.52, Jesus grew in wisdom and teacher and in favor with God and favor with man. Jesus grew in favor with God and favor with man also. We cannot live in this world without favor. But God extends his favor. You love his word. You go after his word. You pursue his word. You will find favor in the eyes of people. People will start following you. People will come and ask you, how can I help you? What can I do for you? How can I stand with you? Tell me what I should do. How can I contribute to, for, you know, for something that you are doing? Amen. I you will start seeing favor of God. People will start you know, loving you. People will start liking to hang out with you. And because of that, you see what happens, the king, what he says in verse 25 and 26, and you, Ezra, you know, the king is sending Ezra into the kingdom, and he says, go about teaching the word of God. In verse 25 and 26, we have a long letter that Attaxas, king of Ezra, had written to uh, king of kings, you know, the king of Persia had written to Ezra, the priest, the teacher of the law, and this is what the king has mentioned here, and we're going to only read a part of it in verse 25 and 26. In chapter 7. And you, Israel, in accordance with the wisdom of your God, which you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to administer justice to all the people of trans-Euphrates, all who know the law of your God. And you are to teach any who do not know them. Whoever does not obey the law of your God and the law of the king must surely be punished by death, banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. A legislation is passed to punish anyone who does not, Learn and obey the law of God. How would you like it if it happens today in India? Amen. Hallelujah. A legislation is passed. If anyone will not follow the scriptures, they have to be punished. Pagan king is giving this order. This is favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is calling people, in other words, the pagan king is calling people to follow God. He is not a Jew. He is not born in the, you know, a family of Aaron. He is not a priest. He is not a prophet. But God has raised up men like this to show favor to his people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone who loves and walks with God will certainly enjoy great favor. You can grow in finding favor with God and finding favor with man. Jesus grew. Turn with me also to Proverbs in chapter 16 and let's read verse 7. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 7. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to live at peace with him. Why would this king undertake something that does not benefit him? Why would he provide for something that will not give him profit? Who will care about an enemy kingdom and their people and their land and their temple? It's purely God's hand on the lives of these people. Favor. He recognizes a call to do it. When God moves the hearts of people, they will stand for his cause. Your miracle is in the favor you receive from God. Your miracle is in the favor that you receive from God. Amen. God will move the hearts of people. Believe that this morning. God will make people favorable towards us. You find yourself in the midst of a lot of hostility and opposition. People misunderstand you all the time. People ridicule you and accuse you all the time. People intimidate you all the time. People manipulating you all the time. Are you becoming a victim to people's evil designs and schemes? You find yourself that you are like a doormat walked over. I want you to know you continue to hold on to the word of God. God will make them to become favorable towards you. God will move their hearts for your sake. Hallelujah. They will come and join along with you and they will say, what can I do for you? How can I help you? In what way can I build your life? In what way can I contribute to what you are doing? They will want to stand by you. God will turn their hearts. You look at Exodus chapter 11 and verse 3. This has happened several times in history. But this is not just historical facts. These are realities that you and I can experience on a day-to-day basis, even today. Exodus chapter 11 and verse number 3. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably, favorably disposed toward the people and Moses himself was highly regarded in Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and by the people. The Lord made the people of Israel, while they were in slavery in Egypt, God made them to be, the Egyptians to be favorably disposed toward the people of Israel and to Moses. They held Moses in high regard as a prophet of God. Read also in chapter 12 and verse 35 and 36. And because of that favor, see what happened when the people of Israel left Egypt. 35 and 36, the Israelites did as Moses instructed and asked the Egyptians for articles of silver and gold and for clothing. The Lord made the Egyptians favorably disposed toward the people and they gave them what they asked for. For they plundered the Egyptians. Gold and silver. If you go to your neighbor's house, and ask, can you just have all the gold and silver from your house? Do you think they will welcome you into, your, into their house and give you a cup of coffee? <laughs> if you go to the bank and ask the banker, can you give me all the gold that is there and locked up in the lockers? Do you think that they will welcome you and give you a seat? That's what happened to the people of Israel. Hallelujah. That is what you call favor. Amen. Here was an instantaneous transfer of wealth from the Egyptians to the people of Israel in a moment. Hallelujah. This is only the work of God. When God moves, these are the kinds of miracles you start seeing. You wonder how. You wonder where did it come from? Why are they doing this for me? What way do I deserve it? You will be astonished. You will just stand in awe. Hallelujah. One of the favors that, you know, God has given to us as a ministry is that literally we are on five, you know, we've gone on five different television channels without paying a single rupee. Amen. God TV, Canal 10, which is a Swedish channel, um, NambiK TV, Good News Television, um, CBN, without saying a, paying a single rupee. And last week, in fact, the last one month or so, I think we've done at least about 20 episodes in the last 30 days, about 20 episodes. And this week while we were shooting for uh, Good News and we were in the studio, somebody heard that I was there in the studio and from the other floor, from the Nambi TV channel, they came down and asked, you know, as soon as you finish this for Good News, can you come and shoot for us also? Another five episodes. Hallelujah. If you need a 30-minute slot, you pay at least about a lakh for a month, that's how expensive television is, but God has helped us in an amazing way. We never asked anybody, we never tried pushing our way, we never suggested to anyone that we can come and, you know, do some programs for you. God opens doors. When the favor of God, when the hand of God is upon your life, God will open ways which you never imagined. God will bring opportunities your way. God will do miracles in your life. This is something that you and I can experience on a day-to-day basis. God will bring money into your hands. God will make people feel, you know, disposed in a favorable way. You need a sanction. God will bring some people who will be favorable to you. You need something to be done. God will bring somebody favorable to you who will do things as you expect. You will start dictating terms. That's what happens when God does those such things in your life. This showed up for the people of Israel. This miracle happened for the people of Israel because this was demonstrating the favor of God upon their life. You can never underestimate the favor of God. You can never imagine what God will do for a man who is committed to learn and to live by the word of God and to teach the word of God. You can never dream of what will happen when God's favor is upon a person's life. Read with me in 1st Samuel in chapter 2 and verse number 8. Samuel, chapter 2 and verse 8. God lifts up those from humble beginnings to high places. 1st Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the miracle working power of God. He raises the poor from the dust, lifts the needy from the ash heap. He sees them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honor. Psalm 113 verse 7 also. Psalm 113 And verse seven, when the favor of God is on your life, He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. Same thing. See, Psalmist King David is quoting about his own life. He seats them with princes, with the princes of their people. He settles the barren woman in her home as a happy mother of children. When God shows favor, this he's quoting exactly from Hannah's, you know, uh, prayer. This is Hannah's acknowledgement of God. Hannah's, you know, praises of God. After God had blessed her with Samuel after many years, God had shown favor to her prayer. Her prayer was heard. Never think that whatever you've been working for and praying for and earnestly desiring for will never happen. God's time of favor will come. God will move the hearts of people and miraculous things will begin to happen. You will find favor in the eyes of people. Quickly, number three, when God moves the hearts of people, you begin to flourish in your life. Ezra chapter six. These are things that happened exactly in the people, in the lives of the people of Israel. Ezra chapter six. And let's read verses 14 and 15. Ezra six verses 14 and 15. Now then, Tatanai, governor of Trans-Euphrates, and Shethar Bozenai, and you... Their fellow officials of that province stay away from there. This is King Cyrus. You know, sorry, uh, King Darius, who is writing, who is quoting. You know, from Cyrus, who has read through what Cyrus has decreed already. Cyrus was his predecessor and Darius has now become king, and the work has been stalled for a long time, but the prophets have been prophesying, and the men of God, the elders of Israel have been finding favor with people, and now they're going to rebuild, they're beginning to rebuild again, and uh, the people had appealed to Darius saying, you know, you should stop this work, but Darius is now searched in the archive stored in the treasury of babylon and has found a scroll that said once upon a time some years ago cyrus who was the king before him had written a decree that said the god of heaven had asked him to build the temple for the people of israel and all that is needed must be provided he has found it in the records and he's pulled out the record and he's writing to the governor of trans euphrates and saying you must not stop the work and he says in verse 6, you know, And now then Tatanai, governor of trans and you, their fellow officials of that province, stay away from there. What a word to a governor. Hallelujah. What a word to a governor to say, stop anything that you are trying to do against the people of Israel, against the rebuilding. Do not interfere with the work of this temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I hereby decree that you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of this house of God. The expenses of these men are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury. Hallelujah. How do you like tax money given for church building? That's what happened. From the revenues of trans So that the work will not stop. He's writing back to the very man who wrote to Darius the king to stop this and the king writes back saying you stay away from it it's an insulting reply to the governor <laughs> you stay away from it you allow them to rebuild let them do it and you are to pay for all their expenses hallelujah if you have to say it in local colloquial tamil and or hallelujah when God's favor, when God moves the hearts of people, this is where you start flourishing. Hallelujah. These people came with nothing. But now in back in their homeland, and they have no resources, but God is providing their resources. God is the source of all resource. <laughs> what do you need? He is able to provide. You start, you start flourishing again. And see also... Um, Come down to verse 14 and 15. So the elders of the Jews continue to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, a descendant of Edo. They finish building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, Artaxerxes, and kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of Darius. You see the prophets continue to prophesy, they continue to preach and teach the word of God and the people prospered, continue to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai, the prophet in Zechariah. It's something about hearing the word of God, people begin to prosper, build and prosper through the word of God. The word of God, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You build and prosper. You will start flourishing when you're a person of the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will see your life blossoming. You will see your life progressing. You will see your life moving forward. You will see your life getting better and better when you're a person of the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. There's the building of the lives and the prosperity and the growth of their lives that has come through the preaching of the word of God. All expenses are being paid. Everything is taken care of. Whatever they ask has to be given. If anyone does not give this or if anyone tries to change his edict, you know what will happen to him? Verse 11, I decree that if anyone changes his edict, a beam is to be pulled out from his house and he is to be lifted up and impaled on it and for this crime, his house is to be made a pile of rubble. No one can stop you from being blessed. When God starts blessing you, you start flourishing. You start flourishing like, you know, in a way you never dreamt of or never imagined. Some of you can look at your own lives and say, we never dreamt that we will live this way. (laughs) We never dreamt that we will flourish and prosper this way. Looking back probably 30 years, 40 years back, 20 years back, 10 years back, Five years back, maybe, you know, even a year back, you never thought you would be in this state, in this position right now where you are. Hallelujah, because God has moved the hearts of people. When God moves the hearts of people, you start flourishing. A secure situation has come to rebuild and live again. God makes another king favorable also. God can move king after king. Amen. When God moves the hearts of people, you begin to flourish. New opportunities have come, new resources have come, new safety measures have been put in, new secure places. You know, security has been given, new supply of needs. There's a new scope for a brighter future for their lives, a new restoration of their own lives. They've come back, hallelujah, in celebrating the goodness of God. This is what happened when what happens when God moves hearts of people. Hallelujah. And so this morning may we be encouraged and strengthened that God is able to move even the hardened hearts. He is able to take away the heart of stone and give people a heart of flesh. Even those people whom you've written off and said these people cannot be changed at all. These situations can never be changed at all. These have become irreversible. Who said so? When God moves the hearts of people, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Hallelujah. Shall we stand together and pray right now? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For you are the God who moves the hearts of people. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Hallelujah. He directs it as a water course. As a water course is directed, he directs the king's heart. Hallelujah. Who is in authority? Who is in power? Who is the one who is in position? Who is the one who speaks loudly? Who is the one who speaks fiercely? Who is the one who stands in opposition? Who is the one who resists? Oh, hallelujah. Who is the one who seems to be impossible? God will move their hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're the God who moves the hearts of people. You're the God who moves. Hallelujah. Who can stop the move of the Holy Spirit? Who can stop the word of prophecy? Who can stop the word of God that comes down from heaven? Who can stop the preaching of the word of God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even if everything is stopped, God cannot be stopped. Hallelujah. 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 People can may think that they can stop you. Oh, people may think that they can break you down. Oh, people may think that you are gone. You are finished with this. Oh, hallelujah. But they do not know that God will move hearts. Hallelujah. 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 The one who moves the hearts of people is with you. And I, brother, sister, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God is able to do a miracle, God is able to do a miracle, hallelujah, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus, in the name that is above every other name, hallelujah, to which every knee should bow, and every tongue. Tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let the name of the Lord be lifted up, Lord. Let the name of the Lord be lifted up in the hearts of people. Lord, may you look big in the eyes of people, O Father. Hallelujah. May they see you, Lord, as the Egyptians saw you, as the Egyptians saw that you were with Moses. Hallelujah. As you dispose them favorably. Hallelujah. As you move the heart of Cyrus, as you move the heart of Darius, as you move the heart of the elders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Move the hearts of people around us, O God. Move the hearts of the people, O God. Move their hearts, O Lord. Hallelujah, 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 that your plans will be fulfilled. Oh, that the Lord, your favor will be upon us, oh Lord, that we will fav- find favor in the eyes of people, oh Master. Oh, that Lord, we will begin to flourish in a new way. Hallelujah, we pray that this will be done in Jesus' mighty name, as you have, Lord, decreed, oh, as Lord Cyrus decreed, as Darius decreed, let it be decreed for us even this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, the hearts of the people be moved. Hallelujah. Oh, let them be drawn to you. Let them be drawn to your purposes. Let them be drawn to your plans. Oh, let the favor of God rest upon us, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray that everyone will begin to flourish in a new way. Let their lives begin to build, be built up, rebuilt again. Hallelujah. Lord, let all the hopelessness leave. Let all the sorrow and the sadness leave. Lord, let all the grief and the Lord sighing leave. In the name of Jesus, all the regrets leave. Let them not turn back anymore, but let them move forward, O God, believing that you're moving the hearts of people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Do a miracle in everyone's life. Bless everyone in a special way this morning, we pray that your hand the gracious hand of God that was upon Israel and the people of Israel, let the same gracious hand of God be upon everyone this morning, hallelujah hallelujah, let the gracious hand of God be upon everyone hallelujah, we pray that we will be Lord, oh sincere to learn and to observe and to teach your word oh master, hallelujah, we love you, we worship you, we bless we pray your blessing upon your people, bless Bless the work of their hands. Prosper their incomes, O Father. Oh, let it increase, Lord. Let it multiply. Lord, let the increments come. Let the bonuses come. Oh, let the Lord pay high come. Hallelujah. Oh, let the favor of God be upon them in their workplace, O Father. In whatever they are doing, Lord. We pray that you will turn turn people to become favorable towards them, O Father. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Master. Father, we praise you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God is able to oh open the doors for you. Hallelujah. God is able to open doors. He will open up the hearts of people. Hallelujah. Believe that right now. Do you believe it in Jesus' name? It may be a loved one. It may be in your office. It may be some situation. God will make them, hallelujah, to open up their hearts and speak out. Hallelujah. God will make them to open up their hearts and, oh, hallelujah. Oh, bring bring new things into, hallelujah, your life. Hallelujah. God will make them to speak favorably before you. Hallelujah. You say, there is no one to speak for me. Oh, but there is a God in heaven who is able to make people to speak on our behalf. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We 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 pray that everyone will enjoy your favor in a new way, in a new way. Hallelujah. Move the hearts of people, oh Father. Change their hearts, oh God. Bless your people, Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you the praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray.